Welcome to Are You Real Linked? A journey together toward a deeper, more authentic connection with God and with others. Through teachings of prayer and faith, our common stories of business, relationships, and personal growth will give you the direction you need to truly feel linked with the lost, hopeless, and hurting to help restore your community. Now please welcome your host, Christy Austin. Good day, Roar Nation. Welcome to Are You Real Linked? Where we are getting linked with the Holy Spirit and getting linked with each other really across the nation, connecting to deeper faith. And as you know, for the last several weeks, we've really been talking about what does it look like in 2018 to be a city taker. We've been looking at Luke 10 and just really saturating in that verse by verse and kind of going through that because we know Jesus sent out the 70, but what does that look like today practically? And uh, we've interviewed several city takers and I'm really excited about our interview today. Before we get to that, I do want to encourage you to go to our website, areyoureal.org, where you can meet our host and leave lots of feedback. I would love to hear more of what you're looking for and less of what you're not looking for, right? And uh, you can catch John Fuller. He still releases Are You Real Purpose on Wednesdays. You can catch that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you grab those podcasts. Today, I am excited to welcome Mandy and Costin Woodhouse to Are You Real Linked? And Mandy and Costin are from Glory City, Aiken. And so, yes, they do live here locally and really have just been an amazing couple for my husband, Paul, and I to co-labor with in this city over the years. And so I welcome them. Hey, Mandy and Costin, how you doing? Hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing all of your secrets of what it looks like to be a city taker. And of course, you, our listeners, will notice that Costin carries an Australian accent, and so uh, he's bringing a secret from, uh, what's it <laughs> called, the underside? Or really <laughs> 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 yeah, right. bringing us secrets from down under, so we're, we're going yeah. global here. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, as we're just getting to know you first, can you guys identify, and it may be more than one, and that's awesome because I know some of us travel and that kind of thing, but what city are you taking as a city taker? What or where do you feel called to? Yeah, so we're planted here locally in Aiken, and we also feel really called to impact Augusta and, and the whole CSRA region, so the locally uh, known, the uh, Central Savannah River area. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And what would you like to share about your story with our listeners so they can get to know you today? We probably should talk about how we met because that's something that people always ask. I'm originally from South Louisiana and he is from um, Brisbane, Australia. And I went over there to study in 2004 and, um, we didn't really like each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. That's so funny. I 
feel like opposites attract somehow, but it might take a while, right? Yeah, yeah. But God had a plan, and then um, we've been married going on 12 years now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, awesome. We got to Aiken because um, I have relatives that live in Aiken and grew up coming here, and I've always loved the area. So we visited on our honeymoon, and then I don't, I don't even remember all the details, but we ended up moving here. So and we love it. Amazing. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about your story of faith. Did you grow up in the church or how did you come to the faith? we got pretty different stories in that respect. Um, I encountered Jesus when I was um, somewhere around eight or 10 at uh, an Awana group, uh, but then never uh, that group broke up and I never really had any uh, discipleship. So my life was a a full-blown mess until I was about 18. So I was actually um, an angry, alcoholic teenager. Um, I did have an awareness of Jesus, um, especially given um, the encounter that I'd had, and I could really feel God calling me. But um, if you were to see my life at the time, and I grew up with a violent, alcoholic stepfather, uh, it was definitely not um, reflecting that and um, the real mess. And then... um, uh, just after I graduated high school, um, I had a significant encounter with Jesus that, uh, that totally changed my life and uh, was, uh, I guess, reconnecting with the very thing I'd longed for the entire time, which was that Jesus that I knew was there. Um, I was pretty much filled with the Holy Spirit straight away, uh, and my life took a, a pretty radical turn, so much so that my mum thought I was in a cult at first. Um, <laughs> But my life, my actual, the way I spoke, the way I acted, it changed so dramatically that, uh, and so positively uh, that actually ended up leading um, or influencing my family to come to Christ as well. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So you were the first one from your family to come to know Jesus and then they kind of followed? Yeah, as far as I know, my father, I think, came to know Christ. He died um, in my last year of high school and had um, what you guys um, would call ALS. We call it motor neuron disease. Um, but I vaguely remember him coming home with a Bible one day and having an encounter with a guy from a church in the area. Um, and I had no grid for it, and he died not long after it. So I suspect that he had given his life to Christ in the last few months of his life. Uh, and then I know there are some influences from my grandparents. I think they were churchgoers, but not necessarily connected with Jesus until much later in their lives. Wow. That's amazing. What about you, Mandy? What's your story? I'm the opposite. Um, I grew up in a denominational church and, um, you know, wasn't wild, didn't have any, um, I had like two months of rebellion in college, you know, um, <laughs> always the good girl, but I don't, I can't say that I really had my value or my identity in Christ. I don't know that I really encountered him until college. Um, God used that two months of rebellion, I joke about, um, just to get my attention. And um, it was probably when I was 19 or 20 that I had my first real encounter with Jesus. And he absolutely transformed my life. And so it's just been an awesome adventure since then. Having to rewire some things and break some strongholds, you know, break out of religion, so to speak. But um, it's been incredibly worth it. And being married to someone who has the opposite sort of testimony has been really 
it's been compatible in a lot of ways. It's yes, been really cool. That's cool. That is interesting. So you kind of grew up in religion, so to speak, you know, and then isn't that interesting that sometimes it takes someone that has a relationship to pull us out of that. We had, um, we had an episode a few weeks ago called religion versus relationship. And so, uh, of course this podcast goes after the religion mountain. That's what it's geared toward. And so just to teach people all that. So I love that. I love that God brought y'all together in the midst of that. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, on that note, um, Christy, sure. one of the things that brought us um, to the States, um, mm. God actually spoke to me really clearly. We've been here in the States for nine years. Um, but two years before that, we were visiting uh, Mandy's parents uh, over here, and we were down in Louisiana. And um, in the middle of a conversation, God spoke to me and just said, in, in two years, I'm going to bring you back to America to be part of taking the, uh, disarming the, the religion out of the church so that there would be um, a real uh, relationship a real transformation with Jesus and sure enough two years pretty much to the day um, God brought us back over here yeah wow what a powerful word I love that so tell us about your ministry what do y'all do as city takers what does that look like I think I spend a lot of my time discipling people at least within within the context of the church um, body uh, I, I want to see people have that genuine relationship with God um, that they have a real revelation of Jesus Christ. I spend a lot of time, spend a lot of time with people journeying through um, either out of um, uh, religious hang-ups um, into a real transformed life or um, out of um, the old lifestyles and into the real freedom and the, real, uh, and the realness of, of Christ. I believe that the revelation that we've been set free from sin that it doesn't uh, control our lives when we come to Christ and that we can walk in holiness, not by, not just by choice, not just by some kind of uh, religious effort or striving, but actually yeah. by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit through a real relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, that there's an absolute manifestation of real freedom. And I believe real freedom is to actually be free from the control of the desires of the flesh and the lust of the flesh and, uh, you know, all those sort of things. And we've seen people... Um, set free from addiction, seeing people set free from all sorts of bondages and actually walk in their holiness and walk in um, a communion with the Father. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, um, we are the associate pastors in Glory City in Aiken. Um, and, you know, that all that that entails, but just personally, we just love people and we love journeying them through to see that they're, they've been transformed. Like personally, I am very passionate about seeing people know their identity and know that they're a son and a daughter and, and leading them and showing them simply how to get into God's presence, what that looks like, how important intimacy is, how important the secret place is. And we both kind of do it. We do it together, but we do it individually as well. We've got our own way of, of doing things. I, I tend to reach more into the churches. I feel like the, the denominational people who want more of, they just want more of God are drawn to me. And so I, you know, I meet weekly with people who just want more of God and they want to know that they've been transformed, that they don't have to strive. 
And um, Kass mm-hmm. is just in the community, always meeting people. And I can't take him to Walmart without him knowing someone there. <laughs> Everyone knows him. <laughs> That's but funny. It's just loving on people and it's just pointing them to Jesus, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. I was listening to someone the other day and he said, I thought this was interesting. He said, religion is form without substance, but relationship is a substance without form. And I thought that was intriguing and a very cool way to put it, you know, because of course the word formula comes from form, you know, and so often we see something and then we start mass producing it like a little cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious from from your observation and experience over the years, what do you feel like if there's one tell about the difference of, okay, that person has a relationship, that person's in religion, what would the fruit of that look like to you? How do you differentiate that? What do you think? Well, for starters, I'd add to that statement that um, religion is a form without substance. To say it's actually a form without power. Mm. The mystery of the gospel and the mystery of Christ is actually the resurrection life of Christ, which transforms a person. Yeah. And so the fruit of that is actually the fruit of the Spirit. We don't, we don't walk in the flesh anymore. We don't walk um, uh, under external law trying to conform to something either. So we're, not, uh, we're neither of those ends of the spectrum. We're neither uh, striving in our own strength to try to, um, to try to accomplish a certain behaviour, neither are we um, licentious, to use the old English word, uh, where, where we're just um, at the will of the flesh either, but actually we've been set free from both of those things and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Mm-hmm. And um, Romans 8, 2 actually says that um, what the law couldn't do, God did with by his own son, so that those who walk in the, in the Spirit will actually be able to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. So there is a transformation that happens yes. by the indwelling Holy Spirit. That is the resurrection mm-hmm. life of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not only did Christ pay the price um, in his blood to reconcile us to God, but his resurrection life actually transforms us and gives us newness of life. Mm-hmm. And so the fruit is actually um, a transformed life. It's someone that has um, rivers of living water flow out of their very being. So, yeah. so it's not just loved by um, striving. It's not loved by a concept, but actually the love of God is going to flow out of their life. Holiness will flow out of their life. Freedom will flow out of their life. Joy will flow out of their life. Yeah. All the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. You have something to add to that, babe? Yeah, I wrote down something in my journal today, actually, that – I'll just read what I wrote. I said, if doctrines, if our doctrines aren't cultivating a passion for intimacy with the Father, especially if they're only stirring up arguments or giving us a puffed up mind or a sense of striving, then they need to be reevaluated. So I would say, going along with what Koss said, that if it's not, if we're not, if you're not seeing um, a passion for intimacy with the Father, you might be stuck in religion, you know, because we, we get our minds all puffed up with knowledge. But, man, God created us for intimacy with him. So I think that goes along, too, yeah. with what you're saying, you know. Yeah, and that's so interesting because, you know, I was set free from religion. You know, that's a big piece of my testimony. And uh, when I was set free, I just wanted everyone 
to know, you know, because I had been in church my whole entire life. My mom says I was there the first Sunday after I was born, you know, Sundays, Wednesdays, Sunday nights, all these things. And I never, at least it never sunk in, you know, of course it could have been on this end too, but it never sunk in that it was a relationship rather than the list of to-dos. And it's such radical freedom when that happens. And I remember at 24 years old, recognizing that truth and it radically transformed my life. And I just told everybody, I started Bible studies. I just wanted everybody to recognize this, you know? And so I love, I love that thought. And I think sometimes it's interesting because we define religion often as traditionalism. You know, we think of, we all have a box of what we think religion looks like. But I know that you guys have seen this too. It comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes because it's really anything that we start trying to mass produce and think it's a formula, right? So I, I find that so interesting. So for you, What's the one thing that you've learned that you would say to encourage other city takers? I'd say you never know who you're impacting. Mm. Yeah. If you if you keep, and Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. And if you just keep walking in intimacy with Him, and then keep out living, out working that in your life. Um, it's been such an encouragement to us. Um, we've been here in Aiken for six years now, and. Um, and just to hear sometimes you don't know what you've how you've impacted till a few years later, uh, and then you hear a story or something gets back to you, and uh, listening to the Holy Spirit, keep being obedient to it, keep staying in that place, you know. I I was at uh, my doctor. Our doctor is in Augusta, across the river. I just went in for a checkup, and the doctor walks in and starts talking about Kasten here. And he's like, Oh, there's all these guys that go to my church and they go into the coffee shop that he works at. And he's, you know, invested in this guy and, and, you know, challenged this guy and this guy, like three guys that are doctor. I'm bragging on my husband for a second, but <laughs> Jesus in him, but three, three guys that our doctor knows have been influenced just by my husband's kindness, just by the presence of God on him, just by, you know, us just always being fully awake and fully aware everywhere we go to, okay, God, is this someone that you want us to encourage? What can we say to this person? How can we help this person? You know? Yes. And I love that. I love that. Costin is kind of what I call him an undercover revivalist. There's many words you could use, but he's a, he's a barista and uh, what an amazing opportunity and platform to release love and to release everyday conversation and really to uh, entangle in the community and infiltrate. I love that. Totally love it. And I love what you said, Mandy, too, because being a therapist, I hear so many things about so many people and churches. And it's interesting because I will consistently hear good things about, you know, a doctor or a church. And then I also, the other fruit shows very consistently. And so there's, there's a few churches in our community where I'm like, these churches consistently, like, I don't know that I've ever heard a bad thing about them, you know? And then there's churches that are the opposite. Like, you know, I don't, 
hear a lot of good things about them. And so our fruit is evident in people's life and how it impacts them one way or the other. Can you share a story with us of maybe your favorite story? I know it's probably hard to choose one, but your favorite story of someone that you deeply impacted. A couple of guys that have come out of um, fairly traditional backgrounds that uh, have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and, you know, they're going back into their church places and, and impacting them. And um, the amazing conversations that you have because he, the Holy Spirit, is right there in the Scriptures. It's not um, uh, obscure um, Scriptures. It's not obscure doctrine. It's actually right there. And to walk people through the Scriptures in context and to, to see them uh, especially if they've grown in backgrounds where they have a genuine passion for the word, which is fantastic, letting the word speak for itself and seeing them and knowing that they have a desire for more of God uh, and seeing them encounter that relationship. Um, I've had a couple of guys where it's just been amazing. It's like, it's like it's a light bulb moment and they're just they're suddenly they're set free. Um, even seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate. And so I was talking with... Um, someone close to me lately um, and, and we were walking through the first um, uh, Corinthians 12 and some other things. And all of a sudden God began to speak to him, uh, speak to me, sorry about uh, his family and some other, some other very personal things. And as I shared them, he's like, man, how could you ever know that? How could you ever know? That? Paul said in Corinthians that uh, he didn't come with persuasive words of, uh, you know, with men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and God's power mm-hmm. so that your faith wouldn't rest on, the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And to see God um, honour those conversations and just the Holy Spirit turn up and demonstrate himself to those people uh, and, and to see the impact that it has on them and to know that that's going to have lasting fruit in their lives. That's been awesome for me. And that was really recently. There's been a few of those. Can I share a story? Yeah, absolutely. We do um, street ministry which sounds kind of funny. We don't go out and Bible beat people, but we basically just go into the streets of Aiken or Walmart or wherever the Holy Spirit tells us to go. And um, we just pray for people. Hi, can I pray for you? How, what can we pray for? And, and a lot of times those conversations lead to a conversation Mm -hmm. about Jesus and it's amazing. But there's one particular night that just stands out to me. My favorite, Um, there was, I was leading a group of us and we were down in the alley in Aiken, downtown Aiken. And there was an elderly gentleman walking towards us who was walking with a cane. You could tell he was in some pain. And I'll, I'll keep the story brief, but basically we went over, we asked if we could pray for him. We told him we believed that God wanted to see him, not in pain. So we started praying for him and sure enough, God healed him. He was able to like lift up his back and he was crying, his wife was crying, we were <laughs> crying, it was beautiful. What we didn't know was just a few yards away from us, there's a row of tables outside the Aiken Brew Pub. There was another gentleman sitting there who we happened to know, but we didn't know he was down there. He didn't know we were down there. He saw this elderly man get healed and came over to us and started just opening his heart about being a single dad and just some other stuff going on in his world. So we prayed for him. He's sobbing and really getting ministered to. He's a believer, but he just needed that encouragement, you know? 
What we didn't know is that someone else that I knew had just shoplifted from Walmart. This person doesn't know the Lord, came downtown to grab some dinner and saw me standing on the corner. So watched as we served this elderly gentleman and watched God heal him, then watched as we touched this other gentleman and God really, you know, encouraged him. They never, she never made herself known to me until a few days later, but she felt conviction because the word says the kindness of the Holy Spirit leads to repentance. Yes. She went back to Walmart, returned everything, asked forgiveness. They didn't press charges. And then she called me two days later and asked, what is this repentance thing that Christians <laughs> talk about? <laughs> and so I've been on a journey with her. And every time I see her, it's more and more questions about Jesus. And she grew up in religion. So she's coming out of that meeting the real Jesus, the Jesus who heals, the Jesus who wants to encourage, the Jesus that wants to, you know, bring life to people. And I, I just, I love that because it goes along too with what Kostin said earlier. You never know who's watching. You never know the impact you're having. Yes, that's so true. That's what I love about this next generation because they are so into, you know, when you think about media and internet, we are so inundated with words mm -hmm. that I really think that words mean very little to people. Like people are tired of words. You're worded out, you know, you can only yeah. absorb so much really, but yeah. they really look at the behavior and the power behind it, yes. you know? And I had a client yesterday who called himself agnostic. He was a first time client. And he said, um, you know, I don't want to hear about faith. He's like, just live it out and I'll watch. He's like, I've, I've watched a lot of people walk out their faith to see if there's anything different. I'm like, okay, um, let's do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just cool. You're right. So many people are watching. So for you, of course, uh, the podcast is called, Are You Real? And so for you, what do you find is the most difficult piece of what y'all do in ministry as city takers and day-to-day, -day, that kind of thing? It'd probably be different for each of yeah. us. I think for me, um, and I'm sure you'll identify with this a little, Christy, just being a person who carries a lot of mercy and I'm very compassionate. And so um, I love the broken, but I've also got to let Jesus take care of the broken. He's the one that transforms, not me. I just have to point them to him. And he told me a while back, stop trying to inspire people into revelation. Just lift me up and let me do my job. And so I've just got to keep pointing people to Jesus and not taking it on. And that for me, even when it comes to praying for the region and, and sensing that God has things and God shows you things when you're an intercessor, not taking that on, just continuing to give it back to him. Let Jesus take it, let him do his job, you know, yes. so that's yes. an ongoing journey for me. That's right. And when you pick it back up and you're like, how did I pick this back up? I got to lay it back down again. Yes. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Kostin, what about you? I've got a couple. Um, one is that um, just having the faith to believe for a city, but we're calling ourselves city takers. And uh, I was really challenged by, uh, I was at our national conference for our church network, for Glory City, and one of the pastors who's in a um, regional city in Australia, or a fairly large regional city, said, um, 
God had challenged him. He said, you know, if you're not believing for the entire city, then what's the point? Mm. And that challenged me greatly because I think that um, I had got my eyes quite small and, and thought, you know, how could God ever? I'm just being really honest, like yeah. um, without being silly about it. Like I believe I've got a lot of faith and yet, and yet even in the midst of that, believing for a whole city seemed like a mouthful. And um, so he really challenged us and they're seeing amazing things in his city right now. And I began to go back and actually read about some of the past revivalists. I'm actually reading Maria Woodworth Edda's um, A Diary of Signs and Wonders. If you ever picked that book up, it's probably two and a half inches thick. And I began to read about her journey, um, about the miracles she saw, about the amount of people that were saved and just the directness mm. of the impact. It wasn't massive um, stadiums. There were She was in homes, in churches, day in, day out, and seeing revival like right in her face and seeing people utterly impacted by God. And, I, and it began to inspire me and I began to say, yes, God, yes, you can absolutely do this. So not getting my gaze down um, and not taking the burden on myself, but just beginning to say, yes, God, you can do this and start to rally people to that. Mm. That's been one of the, um, the most challenging and also most encouraging realities I've walked in, I mean, believing to be a city taker. The other thing is um, I, I really feel like in my, my, my ministry time, my time in ministry rather, I haven't directly led a huge amount of people to the Lord. And I said to the Lord this year, I want fruit. I'm not satisfied. And uh, he began to do something in me. And um, I've been asking for incredible boldness and not trying to stir it up myself and not trying to face fear just in, in a noble way, but actually... You know, um, in Acts, they said, you know, oh, Lord, consider their threats um, and give us, give yourself great boldness to speak your word and stretch forth your hand to heal and to do great signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I've been praying that great prayer and in the manner of speaking, dying to myself and just throwing myself in when the Holy Spirit says to move mm. and um, being really bold to just speak the gospel to people yeah. and um, even in, in my workplace and everywhere I go and um, already started to see some incredible things, but it's really taken a death. It's got nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, it's not about being brave or charismatic. Um, some of the simplest things that the Holy Spirit's asked me to do, like one guy, he said, just ask him if he's a Christian. And I didn't delay my obedience. I'm like, God, I'm not going to get to eternity and ask myself the question, what if I had done that? I'm not going to give it five more minutes and have the opportunity for that moment to disappear. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a real, like, it's really, it, it's really hard. Like, um, it really pierces my heart. And I've really gone back to the Father time and time again and say, this is, this is good, but I don't want to back down and it's not enough. And I want more. And I want to lay my flesh on the altar more and care less and less about what people think. And, um, and so that's been a great challenge, but... I believe it's also a greatest opportunity mm. and it's not just for me or for special people. It's for the whole body. And I believe we're, we've got a nameless and faceless and fearless generation that are rising up underneath of us. Yeah. And I know mm. we're probably a little older than that generation in some respects, even though God's idea of a generation isn't an age group, it's the entire generation. That's right. <laughs> but I believe that we can be forerunners. Yeah. So that the, so that the, you know, the, the 20s and, and um, God's soon 30s, 
and even like the teenagers behind us will see it and go, yeah, and then their passion will be greater. Yeah. And their fearlessness will be greater. Awesome. Yes, I have felt like we're the, the bridge generation for revival, you know, and we're building the platform for the next generation to really display God's glory globally. Yeah. yeah. Not that that doesn't happen in pockets now, but I believe there's a, a huge shift coming quickly for yeah, the next. Yes. And you know what? Signs and wonders as well. I just talked mm-hmm. about Paul said so your faith wouldn't be in persuasive words of men, but, um, but in the power of God. I unapologetically believe that God's going to do miracles and I unapologetically believe it's a form of evangelism. Yeah. You can talk all you like. But it's Christ, the power of God, that changes a life. Yeah. And it's Christ, the power of God. He loves to glorify himself. And so I'm, um, I'm not perfect at it yet. And I say yet because I'm believing that every single thing can be obedient to. Um, but, you know, Jesus healed everyone that came to him. So why not us? <laughs> As he is, so are we in this world. And we'll do greater things than even he did. Exactly. Yes. And that is what is going to win our world and link our world. And uh, that's why we are so, when the Lord put this on my heart to do this podcast, it really was so that we would get linked with the Holy Spirit and linked with each other. And um, I believe as, as we do that, we kind of embrace and link arms together really. And, uh, you know, one puts a thousand to flight to put 10,000 to flight. And so, I'm excited what he's doing in our nation. I want to thank you guys for coming on today and taking the time. We would actually like to stay linked with you as city takers in this area. And so we'll be checking in again and uh, hoping to hear from you. And it's kind of like not a goodbye, but a to be continued, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to see what, what God's doing, you know, in the city and, um, as you believe for this city, I know he's going to do amazing, amazing things. And I love both your hearts. So thank you. How can our listeners connect with you? So you can connect with us, uh, first of all, through our church. That's Glory City Aiken. And you can see our website, glorycityaiken.com. Um, you can also get us through our ministry webpage, man. Um, Our Facebook, good old Facebook. Yes. Um, We've got, we've got personal Facebook pages that sometimes we don't exactly always check the friend requests, but we do have um, Karsten and Mandy Woodhouse. We've just got, we've got it listed as a community page. Um, so you could just go to Karsten and Mandy Woodhouse. I'm looking for that little tag. I'm not sure. I think it's at Karsten and Mandy Woodhouse on Facebook. Um, and um, email is uh, Mandy and Karsten at gmail.com. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Roar Nation, we thank you for tuning in this week. And I invite you to check out our hosts on areyoureal.org and check out some of the different podcasts. Are You Real Success is one of my favorites with uh, Jody Holland, and he is certainly an expert in his field. All of the hosts, that's what's really so amazing, are experts, and it's positive media. And so I love that. 
Again, you can check out John Fuller next Wednesday. He'll be releasing another podcast for Are You Real Purpose? Mm -hmm. Until we meet again, remember to rest in his love, dance with great joy, and aspire to go higher each day. I love you guys. We'll see you soon. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Are You Real Linked and encourage you to visit areyoureal.org for more resources based on today's episode, as well as links to more Christian podcasts in our network and the inspiration to help you enkindle everyone around you. God bless and good day.